0: Hi, welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms and it's my passion to provide you with tips and tools to make your journey easier. Thanks for joining us today. Today's podcast is actually a customer request. Mariana emailed me and she wants to know how to exalt Jesus Christ in her family celebration of Christmas. How to Establish Meaningful Christ-Centered Traditions, and I love that topic, so I am so happy to address that. So, Marianna, this is for you and others as well. Now, the short answer to that is flood your season with learning, with reading, with doing crafts, with listening to audios, with serving, and with giving. And I'm gonna tell you some specifics of how we've done that over the years in our family, things that we've actually done to establish a meaningful tradition and focus on Jesus Christ all season long, the whole month of December. First of all, get a good storybook. And that, it can be really simple. Like we sell this one on our website, The Christmas Story, and it's just the words from Luke about the Christmas story. But it comes with really pretty little pictures. If you've got older kids, just read from the Bible. You don't need a Bible storybook. But if you've got little kids, the pretty pictures help to engage them. And they can watch it while you're reading the words. And it really is much more effective having the pictures. We've also got a pretty illustrated book in Uncle Rick's holiday book about Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas. So just you know, read to your kids often, not just once. Read it again and again. Another thing, have a stuffed or wooden nativity that kids can handle and play with. The first one that I did, I got the patterns in this little book by Sharon Janes. It's called Celebrating a Christ-Centered Christmas. And it's got lots of fun ideas in here. Not just that, but it's got a pattern for making a fabric stuffed nativity. And it's really cute. The bottoms are filled with beans. You kind of just sew them together. The bottoms are filled with beans so they stand up. They're kind of like wobbly. Um, Then that one kind of wore out, and I found fabric by the yard that had the nativity printed on it, and that was beautiful, and that's the one that we have now still. And you just sew the pieces together and stuff them with polyfill. But it helps the kids so much to be able to handle the manger scene, to be able to play act the story of the nativity. They're more engaged when they're handling it and play acting with it. And our kids loved getting that out. You know, we just kept it out during the Christmas season, and it was so special to them. Or a wooden one, or even a, a sturdy plastic one that your kids can handle. Now, we also have a ceramic nativity. And I've got to say, I painted my first one. I bought the ceramic pieces when my third child was just a baby. And my husband was working nights at the time, so I'd put the kids down at night, and then I'd paint. There's 18 different pieces in the manger scene, the ceramic, the nativity. And I would work on it every night. And that, since then, since that time, that's kind of been a highlight. The kids would be so excited. That was the first thing we decorated with. Before we put up our tree or anything else, we would get out the nativity. And we'd have the pieces carefully wrapped. We'd get them out one at a time and place them on the mantel or a certain table or a bookcase, wherever we, you know, chose to put them, but in a prominent place where the kids could see it the whole season long. And they loved that. So several years ago, I actually found a lady that carried the parts to this ceramic nativity. She was in North Carolina a few hours away, but I drove down there and I bought enough nativities for all my kids. And when they leave my home, I will either do it with them or I'll do it for them if they don't care to do it themselves, but a lot of the kids have painted them themselves. We'll paint a nativity for them to use in their home. Some do the colored ones like ours is. Sometimes we do them white, shiny white, um, you know, whatever they prefer. But each one of my kids, when they leave the home, they get a nativity to go with them. And even the little babies, like we would point it out to them and show them the nativity and tell them the different pieces and tell them the Christmas story. Another thing we did is name of Jesus ornaments. And we've had so many different kinds. I can't even remember them all to tell you. But the first ones, I just bought those white, I mean, red glass ornaments. And we used glitter pens. And we would write the names of Jesus on the ornaments and hang them on the tree. Things like Savior, light of the world, Emmanuel, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. There's so many names of Jesus in the word. And you can talk about that. You know, that helps during the season to tell the kids who Jesus is, why we're celebrating his birth, because he is all these things to us. One year we did cross-stitch. The kids were older, and we did cross-stitch, name of Jesus ornaments. Several years ago, a friend made pretty wooden ones and gave me a set of those. I absolutely love them. One year I found Wise Men ornaments, and we've got those. We've had them for years. I bought several sets because I didn't know if they would last. Um, We've also got a set of ornaments with scripture sayings like Glory to God in the highest, Peace on Earth, um, Bible verses from the Christmas story that are written on the ornaments. I also found a set of off-white ornaments that had the names of Jesus, like Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, so I bought them. Something that I let the kids do, that little kids love to do, is make nativity ornaments. Years ago, I found a set of nativity cookie cutters at my local Christian bookstore. And I only found them that one year, but I found the company that made them and I ordered them. I used to sell them on my website. I might have a few sets left. But anyway, there's eight pieces to it. And we would use these cookie cutters to make flour and salt dough ornaments. The kids love to do this. You know, we'd roll out the dough, they'd cut the different pieces of the nativity, and then we'd bake it in a slow oven. After it was baked, I would let the kids paint it. We'd get some simple paints and they'd paint it, and then I'd use a shiny spray to cover it. We would put the kids' initials on the back and the year that they made them. And our tree used to be covered with those ornaments. I still have some now that my kids made years ago. I've got some that my son Rick's grand, or his kids, my grandkids made last year and brought over for Nana. So anyway, it's a super good activity to do. And it's very hands-on. Okay, we also would make nativity cookies from those cookie cutters. We'd decorate them with pretty sugars. And we would take them to our neighbors every year along with a Christmas card and a track that shared the gospel. And, you know, we would get a piece of cardboard, would cover it with aluminum foil, make some icing, and stick the pieces to the nativity down in a decent arrangement on the aluminum-covered cardboard. And, you know, we found that so many people are more open to the gospel during the Christmas season and we've, we've done this for years. I mean, even little kids, we did it. We would take them to neighbors, we would take them to elderly people. And I was telling about this idea several years ago when I was speaking at a homeschooling conference several miles away like um, from us, a couple hours away from us. And a lady came up to me afterwards and she said, you know what, my dad must be one of your neighbors because... He shows me these cookies every year that his little neighbor kids brought to him. And she said, he is not a Christian, but it opens a door for me to talk about the gospel with him. He's so excited that he got the cookies from the little neighbor kids, and we'll talk about it. And she said, it has made it easier for me to share the gospel with him every year because of the cookies that your kids brought him. So you never know how God's going to use that. Then, one of my daughters came up with this idea, which was super good. She made them. She wanted to minister to some younger girls. She was probably 16, 15, 16 at the time. She invited some, well, she was driving. She was 16 or 17. She invited some younger girls over for lunch, and then they made cookies together, and they got big platters from the Dollar Tree. And they took them to the emergency service people, along with a card of thanks for what they do for us all year long. They took them to the sheriff's department, the fire department, the rescue squad. And we have continued that tradition ever since. I just absolutely love it. Our local sheriff's department knows us by name because they. I bring my grandkids now, and we go in and give them cookies every year. And I do appreciate them. You know, they work for us all year long. They're not paid all that well for what they do. And we just want to let them know that we appreciate them. We also share the gospel through the track. We did that with the fire department one year, and we got an added benefit. They let the kids sit on the fire trucks and try on the hats and things like that. But it's a way to share the gospel. When our older kids were young, we had a lot of children in the neighborhood. We pretty much don't anymore. They've grown up. But at the time, we had a lot of kids. So I bought picture Bibles. They're thick bibles they're probably two or three hundred pages they go through from genesis to revelation and it's kind of if you can picture it's cartoon like but realistic characters and kids love it because it's kind of on the line of a a, um, comic book but it's realistic pictures anyway it goes all the way through scripture and we found that this was a great way to share the gospel with our neighbors Several of our neighbor kids got saved. I don't know if that played a part in it, but it may have, because through the year, they would read about the Word, the Bible stories. And, you know, it's books that kids love, so I invested in them. I think at the time when I did it, it was like $12 a book. But we would give one to each family in the neighborhood that had children. Making Christmas cards is another idea. We've got a neat little book called Make and Do on our website that has simple cards little guys can make. Or you can make them yourself. You know, you can use stickers or stencils or calligraphy if you've got older kids. But make Christmas cards and give them to shut-ins or to neighbors or to elderly people or to veterans. Another thing is Christmas sticker placemats. I showed you at Thanksgiving the one we did for Thanksgiving with Pilgrims and Indians. Well, this one we get from Oriental Trading Company. And it's a big sheet with a background of the stable, and you put the camels and the donkeys and Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the wise men and the star, the kids put the stickers down. Then I would take them down to our local staples and laminate them and have them made into placemats. And I've done this with multiple other children that we invited in our home. And it was just a great way to share the gospel and the Christmas story. And then they can use that placemat for years to come. You know, we've done it with so many kids. It's great if you have a family of kids over and you want to have an activity for the kids to teach them about the Christmas story. Another thing is a Christmas Advent calendar. And again, we've had so many different ones through the years. I think our first one was out of cardboard with little doors that opened. You'd open one each day of the month of December. And the last day, you'd open the door that had Jesus. But my favorite one is one that I got for my families of grandkids several years ago. It's a wooden one as has little doors that open, and you take the people out, and then the final day on Christmas you take Jesus out and place him in the scene. And it's just a way to build excitement. It's a way to keep it before the kids of what the Christmas season's all about. We're thinking about it every day. Today we're getting out the wise men. We talk about them. Tomorrow we'll get out the shepherds. We'll talk about them. And it kind of builds excitement for that final day when you get Jesus out and put him in the scene we do Advent readings sometimes. We, there's Advent readings in Sharon Jane's book. We did that one year. And lighting candles, we had an Advent wreath one year. Another thing we did, which was one of my daughter-in-law's ideas, is make a, th- a Christmas wreath on Thanksgiving night. One year, we did things that we were thankful for, and each one put something they were thankful for on the wreath. Another year, we got little miniatures showing milestones in their life the previous year. Like, my daughter-in-law had just had a baby, so we hung a little baby on the wreath. Or achievements that they had done during the year, graduated high school or whatever. Lots of ideas. You can be really creative with that. But it was a fun way to keep the Christmas season going. The reason for the Christmas season Reading a Christmas Carol, we've done this every year since our kids were babies, we still do it, and Uncle Rick, my husband, has made a recording that we sell to other people, reading it like he does to our kids, he uses different voices. But we read a Christmas Carol. I think there's five staves, so five nights during the Christmas season we would read the Christmas Carol. We usually turned off all the lights except the tree, and we'd have a candle next to my husband so he could read. And one year, My three year old just loved blowing out that life, that light, the candlelight, and then she would giggle. But anyway, it's been a tradition. We just did it last night, as a matter of fact. We read it to my son and daughter in law and their little boy. Um, Developed traditions. Very early in our marriage, we got a Doug Oldham record, um, a Christmas record, and that still opens our season every Christmas. The grandkids come up, the whole family's here. It is a big deal. After Thanksgiving's over, we, we give good place to Thanksgiving. We, you know, we don't try to crowd out Thanksgiving, but when Thanksgiving is over, at the end of the evening on Thanksgiving, we turn on that Doug Oldham record, come on, ring those bells, and we join hands and go in a circle around the room, and everybody's happy. You know, It's the beginning of the Christmas season. And that's just one of the traditions we have that everybody looks forward to. If people are sick and they can't come and they're so disappointed, so we do it again a second time. But sing. You know, we've got hymn books. We've got Christmas carols. Every year we have a big bonfire party. We invite people. We sing carols around the fire. We have our pastor, who's now retired, share about the Christmas story. And then we eat soups and have Christmas desserts. But we sing There's so much great, godly Christmas music. I love the Christmas season. I love the music. You know, play it in your home. Sing it with your kids. Go caroling. Go to shut-ins. It means so much to them. We have found that people with Alzheimer's, they might not remember what they had for lunch. They might not remember who you are, but they usually remember the words to Christmas carols and hymns. For some reason, that sticks in their heads, and they will sit there with a smile on their face and sing with you. Go to kids' cancer ward and sing. Um, Find people who've been sick, maybe, and haven't been able to be out and, and around people. Go to their door and sing Christmas carols. Another thing we would do is the Samaritan Christmas Child boxes. And even little kids can do this. Take them to the Dollar Tree or Walmart and let them pick out little gifts that they would like to have and pack a box for a little boy or girl. Put special things in there. Maybe put a picture of your child in that box. Let your child write them a note, or if they're too little to write, have them dictate a note for that child. But it's just investing in a child far off away somewhere in another country is a great way to share about Jesus Christ. And of, of, always we would put a Christmas track in there. Maybe if your kids are a little older, they would even want to write out about how they got saved and share that with that child who's getting the box. Gifts. I thought I would address that. Our church does an angel tree every year, and we participate in that. But sometimes we just do it on our own too. Buy for a less fortunate family. For several years we would buy gifts for a single mom who did not have a lot of money. She had a struggle making it financially. So we bought gifts for her kids every year. It was so much fun. Another year we bought gifts for a family whose dad was disabled and out of work and they weren't gonna have much of a Christmas so we bought Christmas gifts for them. Or a kid with cancer. When our son Josh, I I tell about that in a previous podcast, but he had leukemia. He battled with that for seven months before he went to heaven, but he was sick during Christmas time. And our doctors, God bless them, they were wonderful. They called up, they found out the names and ages of everyone in our family. They pulled up one day with a horse trailer full of prettily wrapped presents, and they brought them in and put them under our tree. I wasn't here at the time. I was up at the hospital with Josh, but, and they knew that. They knew that there wouldn't be a lot of time for Christmas shopping, so they brought presents for everybody. But there's no reason you can't do that for somebody else. Another year, I was making dolls, those pretty dolls, dolls. Um, apple valley dolls they were called kind of like the lee middleton but they look like real babies they're the size of real babies i was buying the parts and assembling them and getting cute little baby clothes to dress them in well the girls and i took them and gave them to some of the people some of the women in the nursing homes and uh, just to see them open those babies and hold them and cuddle them and um, you know, it was just such a blessing to those women. So we gave those dolls to them one year. I would encourage my kids to make gifts for family members as much as possible. It's such a personal investment—the time that you put in. I remember one son was in the storage room for, you know, a month maybe, making a dollhouse for his sisters out of wood. And he had a sign on the door: "Do not come in." Just seeing the delight in their eyes on Christmas morning when they opened that. And Josh, my other son, made a really nice dollhouse for his sister, Emmy. He didn't quite get it finished. And this year, Emmy got it out of my attic, and she's going to finish it and restore it. Um, But just the investment in others. It's so neat to, to have them invest hours in their brothers and sisters. Another one of my sons made family dolls, which are kind of like paper dolls, but he took a picture of each member of the family, and he put it on wood, and he made a little base for it, and he made family dolls, and she opened that for Christmas. She still has those. It's so cool. Or potholders, body butter out of coconut oil. One of my daughters last year made boo-boo socks, which is just getting a big, long tube socks, sewing it on one and filling it with rice, tying it off on the other end. And if your kids have a boo-boo, they get hurt. You put it in the microwave and warm it up, and they can put that on their boo-boo. Simple. You know, even little kids can fill a sock with rice. Um, Small loaves of bread, muffins, pies, cakes, special candies. We had one daughter that made Buckeyes every year. and People in church would actually buy them from her because they loved her Buckeyes. Calligraphy-framed Bible verses, doll clothes, Crochet, scarfs, doll blankets. You know, our gifts to our kids, we didn't overload them with gifts. Now's a great time to buy a new Bible or Bible CDs for them to listen to or Bible study books or a journal or a real gift. You know, we would buy baby dolls. We'd liked our kids to have dolls and pretend being a mommy. Our tools for our boys, you know, pretend chainsaws and things a play kitchen, building sets, things that are real, toolboxes. When our kids got older the boys would ask for things like a weed eater or a chainsaw, tools. And a little tip, sometimes you've got relatives that want to give your kids trendy things that you really don't want your kids to have, so we started making a list for each person in the family, a wish list, and then we would pass that on. And You know, it actually made it easier for the relatives because they could choose things from that list that they knew the kids would actually like. But you put enough things on the list so that they're surprised. You know, they don't know what they're going to get. Even now, with our large family of, I think it's 46 people, each one writes a wish list, and we draw names. This year, Rick and I are only buying for five people in the family. But we know what they want or what they need. And I love to see people plan and prepare. That way, you can get a really nice gift or two for the person you're assigned to. And it's fun, you know, in the month before Christmas, they're investing in that person. Now, what would this person like? I'm going to watch for sale for this item. And it's not overwhelming. It's just fun. Because we want to have energy and time to appreciate the true meaning of the season. Just a little simple thing. We did not do Santa with our kids. Mainly because you tell your kids about Jonah swallowed by the whale or... Moses and the Red Sea partying, or Daniel on the Lion's Den, and these things seem extraordinary, but they're true. They actually really happened. Then you tell your kids about Santa, and then later they found out that wasn't true. Would that, you know, we wanted to tell our kids the truth. We didn't want to tell them something that was untrue, and then them have to, have to question the true things we did tell them. But we did tell them it was a game some people play, and we don't want to mess up their game by telling the other kids that there's no such thing as Santa so we did not allow them to do that and I'm not saying it's wrong if you, teach your, if you do Santa with your kids I'm just telling you where we were coming from and why we chose that then we still have fun evenings around the fire we make donuts while we're reading Scrooge or we'll just turn off all the lights except the Christmas lights and put on Christmas music and enjoy it Um, We had an old-fashioned popcorn popper that we would cook popcorn over the fire sometimes. Just fun evenings to enjoy it, to soak it in, to marvel at it. I remember the kids laying under the tree and looking up at the lights, and they still like doing that. Teach the meaning of your traditions. You know, Jesus died on a tree. The tree lights, Jesus was the light of the world. Jesus was the best gift ever. He died for our salvation. Candles, wreath, candy canes, the star on the tree that led the wise men, angels that announced his birth. There's reasons that we use these different things. The everlasting life of the wreath, the colors, red, white, blue, green, gold. You know, there's reasons. And I think Sharon Jane shares a little bit about that in her book. I know she's got at least the story of the candy cane. Um, so I hope this has helped you guys to Think of things that would be meaningful for your family. I hope that you can take some of the things we've done. I would love for you to share some of the things you do because I like having new traditions. I like learning new things. So please feel free to join or to share with us and make sure you join our podcast, um, subscribe to it so that you find out when we have new podcasts. Sign up at characterconcepts.com to get our weekly newsletter. We give away a lot of freebies. We give away audio freebies. We give away lots of helps because I love helping parents. I love giving you tips and tools that will make your journey easier. So be sure to sign up so we can stay in touch with you. Thanks again for joining us. It was a pleasure being with you today, and I wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas as you celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ.